0: Welcome along to the Short Ball Rugby Pass podcast with Scotty and Mills. It's July 11. Producer Alice also in the booth today. And on the Short Ball today, we're going to look ahead to the last round of Super Rugby uh, regular season for 2018 and all the latest around the world of rugby union. Millsy, first of all, the whales. Wales, Wales, Yes. Wales. They've uh, got a new Kiwi coach, Wayne the Pig Pivak is uh, in the <laughs> hot seat.
2: <laughs> Wowee. Wayne the Pig Pivac. P-back. Oh, old pig Pevac, he's G- got the job. Oh, oh, mate, he has, and well done to him. The pig, yeah, I, I, um, he was my first sort of professional coach, really, at Auckland, and the pig is quite a striking name because I, I remember fondly when I were on a bus trip and um, the bus stopped for a the leak leakage at the end of the <laughs> for some leakage yeah not not in the bus no and I was a, I was like no no, no can, we can't go down those mate but um yeah I, I as a 19 year old I decided that I'd call him pig how'd that go whoa <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, not good. good
2: mate not good not good you're not just calling me pig mate you call me coach
0: wowie so you got to earn the right to use the nickname yeah yeah well, that's I mean that's fair enough what about now would you be able to would you be able to call him pig now or you're still too scared? You've got that look on your face. <laughs> I'd, I'd,
2: I'd like to think, I'd, I'd, I'd hope to think that I might have earned the right time, hopefully. Well, I'm caught hope him Peak. Be back, Wayne. Wayne. It's, he's done well. I mean, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, some, some well, it was, what big contenders here, and he's... Uh, well, so he's we well know.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dave Rennie was uh, was mooted as a contender for that job, and, and they were obviously on the hunt here, as uh, we've read in the press this week, that they would conducted a search pretty early. They wanted a Kiwi coach by the sounds of it. I, I guess Wayne's been up there with Scarlets, and he's done pretty well with Scarlets as well. And I, I know the Welsh are, are very parochial about their footy, and, and uh, as uh, Kiwis... Um, yeah... I mean, I just don't know. Is it time for Wales to appoint a coach from within their own borders? Someone who has you know, has been blooded? It, okay, I'll just get straight to the point. Is it time for a Welsh
2: coach? <laughs> well, a non-Kiwi coach. Who do you think? Well, they've had all Kiwi coaches, haven't they? Apart from Sean Edwards, who's in a caretaker role in the no. last, what,
0: uh, well, pretty much, mate. Yeah, you've gone from Graham Henry to Steve Hansen and uh, then Warren Gatland and, and now Wayne Pivak. Uh, interesting to hear that uh, there were some comments saying that Wayne was a better coach than either Steve Hansen or Graham Henry. And I, I guess we don't know the parameters around that particular point or the uh, the context to which that comment was made but interesting that the chairman of the Wales Rugby has come out and passed on that
2: comment. Well he said he was playing golf with a former All Black mm. that uh, had been coached by all men, mm. all three men and that was the passing comment. I can confirm now that it was, was it not you? me. Was it you? It was not you me. You said that. <laughs> it was in Wellington apparently I have been coached by the three of them but I don't play golf. <laughs> no you don't. I've seen you try and swing a golf club. No good, eh? Nah, it's average. Because I'm used to
0: like, (laughs) kilikiti. Yes, you are. Okay, I know a lot's changed because uh, he was coaching you 10 or more years ago. But what was he like as a coach? What kind of guy was he? Was he very strategic or was he uh, quite old school in his approach? How did you find him as a coach?
2: Uh, I mean, I was was 19. He was very, um, very old school. Uh, in terms of um, sort of the way he approached the, the game, very like uh, wore his heart on his sleeve, and he had a lot of good men around him. Um, and so, when I say good men, I mean not just coaches, but also the you know his leaders um, around there. I think uh, Xavier Rush uh, had just been announced and kept on the Auckland team, and they mm-hmm. were very successful. Then when when P-Vac came along, obviously a North Harbour man. Um, and uh, a former policeman as well, which is where he got his uh, nickname from. But he was, uh, he was very well liked. And I, I, um, I suppose, I, and I presume that's what's happened over there in Wales. He's got a, a group of guys in, uh, in the Scarlets team who won the final last year, went down this year against a very, um, experienced Leinster side. So he's done extremely well to go over there and, and do that. But, um, you know, from from my perspective, and you know, he was he a was, uh, he was actually a, a likable man.
0: Okay, conspiracy theory time. Uh, Dave Rennie left New Zealand, um, having had in his last year in charge of the Chiefs a fairly tumultuous experience, in which I, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure he didn't enjoy the way he perceived the issue at the Chiefs was dealt with by New Zealand rugby. So, you know, he left um, for greener pastures, perhaps. Does Dave Rennie not getting this job mean that Dave Rennie is eyeing up the All Blacks job <laughs> post-2019? And, and you've got Dave Rennie, Warren Gatlin coming home, Joe Smith, who we don't know what his plans are or whether he's going to throw his uh, name into the hat. But there is a wealth of wonderful coaches now available to New Zealand rugby, uh, and you've got Ian Foster, who I'm sure will want to take the head job as well. So where does that leave New Zealand rugby post-2019 when you've got all of these great coaches around and they're available potentially?
2: With a hell of a big headache. I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of people thought that, um, you know, with, with Wrens going overseas and then obviously um, going for this job in Wales that, you know, he'd have to be the you know, most top contender for it. You know, he's obviously missed out. So where we're, uh, two for, um, for ends? I'm not too sure. Um, and the names you just you just mentioned, I think that's the that's the beauty about New Zealand rugby. We've got so many good coaches. Whoever's going to be in charge, obviously the board is going to have a massive say. this is I'm not too sure where Steve Hansen. Perhaps Steve Hansen takes <laughs> another few more years, or is is he's definitely confirmed that he's no good after the uh, Rugby World Cup? Well,
0: I mean, I think it's time. And also, you know, it, it worked a transition between Graham Henry and Steve Hansen. Does it necessarily mean that that's going to work again? And, and that's what concerns me. If this is a laydown Mazier and this is all going to be yeah. backroom dealt with, then, then I think we're missing out on some fresh blood in the mix. Yeah. And we should be thinking about the fact that this is the world's best rugby team and it needs the world's best coaches. And I know that there's this set up and there's this point of view, um, mainly from within, that uh, you know you have to have that experience within the side before you can coach the side. Well, Joe Smith might argue with that, <laughs> yeah. that, that he took an Irish team that wasn't great and has turned them into absolute champions in the second best ranked team in the world. I mean, does his coaching experience count for nothing? Does Warren Gatlin's coaching experience count for nothing? Does a guy like Dave Rennie, who won back-to-back titles in his first two seasons in charge of the Chiefs and did a lot more in New Zealand rugby besides, does his experience count for nothing? Uh, I just think you know we're going to start talking about this All Blacks situation, and now that we know that there's some contenders still available who may have got this job with Wales, this is going to be a massive conversation point. So, what is the process from here? I, I hope it's going to be robust, and I hope they're going to attract the best candidates around the world.
2: Well, I hope it's going to be robust as well. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I don't think everything that those guys that you've named counts for nothing, because surely they are. I mean, any any other day, if there was. Ten other All black teams that easily, um, you know, fill the role. It's just you know how are they going to go about it? How is New Zealand Rugby going to sort of, I suppose, um, you know, go about their ways in in uh, selecting um, a new coach post? Uh, Steve Hansen and who do you do you wean him out I mean does he stay on as a as a uh, technical we technical advisors back in the day
0: I I mean I wonder if that's part of the planning here I mean does Steve Hansen want to stay on in some director of rugby role Um, that's all very well and good for Steve Hansen but that takes money out of the coaching (laughs) pool yeah and there's only a certain amount of money that New Zealand rugby has to pay coaches. If you're going to be operating in a sort of rugby SAR fashion, mm. that's more money on top of the head coach, on top of the assistant coaches, and then you've still got to pay all your super rugby coaches under that as well. So, um, you know, look, I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of machinations to come and a lot of discussions to be had. But, you know, look, I think if you had to sit down right now and put a list together of the candidates for that job, it's a lot broader than just those that have now operating within that All Blacks environment.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um and all fantastic men too I've been you know, lucky enough To be coached by all of them Joe Schmidt At a very uh, young age He was assistant coach Very sound at what he um, did Renz You know He just loved he's, he's kind of like a smithy You know He sits down there Loves the, the tactical stuff And almost at the stage Where he, uh, he was the headmaster And you he to try And you know Reassuring that you were right for the job, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, going in every week. So it
0: wasn't just the players who had to do that. You had to do that when you were reporting on the sidelines. Oh, you, know, yeah. you know what he'd do? Because he'd do this to the players. He'd do it to us as well. He'd come up to you and you go, well, what's going on on this drill?" What are, you, what are we trying to achieve here? Yeah. And you're sitting going, oh, I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the problem is you don't want to look like you don't know anything, but by the same token, you don't want to be that guy who thinks he knows everything because they'll see through that. He uh, does. Yeah, it was it was an absolute punish going to Chiefs training. Yeah. And Smithy was the same. <laughs> Smithy would do that to you all the time. I just, in the end, I just went, oh, I've got no idea. Tell me. Teach me, master. Teach well, me, Yoda. Perhaps that's what makes a good
2: coach. There you go. Putting it back on you.
0: Speaking of good coaches, a couple in action uh, this weekend. Millsy, as we head to the final round of Super Rugby's regular season, you're on the short ball with Mills Mullina, Scotty Stevenson, producer Alice in the booth today. Uh, We start, I I think we'll start with the game that counts for naught and should count for plenty, which is the Blues taking on the Crusaders. The Blues are out of there. They're no chance. Uh, They weren't a chance from about halfway through the season. So before we get to the game itself, Millsy, Who are the Blues marquee players that they're building a franchise around for next season and two seasons beyond? Because apparently things went to DEFCON 2 over the Yuani brothers once they got started shopping around. Mm. And so the Blues have obviously splashed a shit ton of cash on those two players. (laughs) That's great. But. What about the rest of your squad? Because if there's one thing this season has highlighted again for the Blues, they need some depth in their squad. Ma- oh, massive,
2: massive depth, and oh, it's it's always talked about is that ten role. Um, and I thought that that's what they were looking at trying to achieve. Uh, you know, with having Gatlin and Pedro Feta who's there. Um, obviously, Gatlin now has gone to the to the Highlanders. I mean, I mean, Otete Blacks is, is still around. Um, you know, obviously being out with injury the whole time. But when you yeah, when you talk about the uh, Ioane brothers, you know they would have been throwing a bit of bit of uh, coin. And so, where does that? How much is left to share around trying to develop all these guys? The, graft
0: is, the graft's is the graft got to be there. Teddy Black unproven still, because we haven't seen him in action this season through injury. Uh, Stephen Petolfetta, um it's been a bit of a Frankensteinian project yeah. that, as far as I'm concerned, I, I still see Stephen Petolfetta as a fullback myself. And he's young enough to adjust into that first five role, yeah. but I thought he was rushed this year as a matter of circumstance, uh, because they, they obviously didn't trust Gatland. And that he was moving on anyway, probably lessened his chances of playing. Yeah. And uh, Oates couldn't play in, in the season. So, I mean, they've got issues around that. I mean, I look at a guy like Blake Gibson. I mean, that that to me is a guy you can build start building a franchise around. Yeah, yeah, And, gee, they missed him this year. Yeah. And I think we saw, uh, certainly in his first game back, uh, in that win at Eden Park, he's a beast. He is. And you've got to have those <laughs> workers. But you, you need 12 of those guys <laughs> yeah. in your
2: team. Yeah.
0: You really do, and Rico Yuani's fantastic, and Akita Yuani's numbers are undoubtable, but you need guys like a Blake Gibson. Yeah. You need it. So who are your second rowers next year? Because you're down to Matiaha Martin, who's a teacher from Bombay, who's in there in emergency clause, and Jared Kelly tuiotis suddenly the senior lock on your team. You're losing Jerome Kanor. Let's be honest, Gipper James Parsons is coming towards the end of, of his tenure, mm. and uh, he's been a great servant to that club. You've still got no midfield that's settled. No, nah. I mean
2: there's problems all over it's, the show uh, and how far he's, he was out there I mean I th- you know, I know he's still relatively pretty young as well you know you got Dalton Papa Lee, that I think and I think you, you name um Blake Gibson there it is Blake Gibson your Dalton Papalies of the world obviously yoni at the at the back let's let's build the future around those mm-hmm. three in particular well, and then you look at what what else you've. I mean, that's the problem. You know, you now look. At, I mean, that's that's your Lucys that you perhaps build your franchise around, but you need your midfielders as well. And when you aren't settled. Uh, in that department, and, you know, obviously Sonny Bill's uh, there, he's um, well and truly experienced, but you need three or four other guys because, you, know, um, you know, as we've seen this year, you know, once he went down, they they basically, I mean, they, they, to bring uh, uh, Rico in there was, was, was massive.
0: Do you know, we've seen two teams this season, and I don't want to expand the conversation too soon, but we've seen two teams this season, uh, one the Hurricanes with Geordie Barrett and one the Blues with Rico Yuani. Where because they have got injury concerns in midfield, they thought, well, they're still the better player to have on the park. Let's yeah. put them in there. It doesn't work. I'm sorry, it does not work.
2: No, no, and and you've seen in the weekend too when you know when you were shifted back there. I mean, bar a couple of. Uh, passes Geordie Batt was was pretty good you know and he just seems out of sorts you know putting him I know he's the best player but putting him in that centre whereas Hulson he was he was fantastic wasn't he I mean he's probably the unsung hero of the whole lot he done mm. just done his job and things like that but when you're bringing I mean um, you know guys out of position and, and I just kind of wonder I think you know uh, bringing Ruka Iwani in at second five yes I know he scored that try but you just uh, you need some stability then and and particular in distribution I mean I know they've got a few injuries but that's where you need that sort of solidity
0: always had a good midfield all the great Blues sides did and you know specialists playing in those positions too yeah. I, I hope the blues get it together I mean there's so much work to be done I know they've got their last game this weekend against the Crusaders which brings us neatly back to that match the Crusaders uh, had their awards night last night as a few of the New Zealand really? teams did Matt Todd the player of the year for the Crusaders wow, and nice. Ethan Blackadder the rookie of the year yeah. uh, he's been sensational the Crusaders will approach this game the same way they approach every game. They they love the momentum of the occasion. I mean, I can't see the Blues getting close if that was their best offering against the Canes last week. I, I, I cannot see it. And I know they'll want to send a few of their guys off on a high note, but Jerome Canel's valedictory
2: season is not the same as Wyatt Crockett's valedictory season. No, no. and I mean, there was glimpses of of some real heart shown by the Blues last week, but... Uh, the Crusaders. I mean, they just—they love these sort of moments. So, uh, there's no other team that you know when um, you know they play a different a, a team that's got you know nothing to lose. They're going to come down there. They don't. They don't shy off. I mean, the, their standards are so high. Mm. It's not funny. And the thing that amazes me is, well, they might go on with this one game plan and sort of get hit early, and they just change, change everything up, and and all of a sudden adapt or to, uh, to what's going on, and then just sort of shift to another gear and, and that's why you know I'm with you I don't I don't think the Blues have a chance but they can they, they can try and end their season off on a, on a high. Well good luck
0: to them uh, that's all i got to say about that. Speaking of you know the Crusaders and the way they've developed their game plan what about their set piece strike play this season and I think a lot of credit's got to go to Ronan Agara. Yeah. New to the coaching lineup I believe he's got an oversight in the- at area, set-piece attack, they've scored a couple of rippers in the last few games off their line-out and scrum, and that's where the Hurricanes absolutely murdered the Blues last week. We know the Crusaders are going to have tricks up their sleeve. That try they scored after half-time, about two minutes into uh, into the break, where Crocodile floated to Todd, or floated to Makaleo, or floated to Barrett. That is a
2: freak show. Yeah, uh, uh And you say it, having Ogara there, I mean, we're all, oh, okay, what's he actually going to bring as a skills coach, set-piece stuff, and – You've got to get your set piece right first, so they've, they've ticked that box. That's, of Ryan. that's not
0: a bad pack to be developing game oh. plans
2: off. Let's be honest. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the Crusaders' sides of the, the traditional Crusaders' sides are like you. Okay, you go to set piece with these guys, or um, you know, go and, and try and up, muscle them up front. They'll they'll take you to school, and that's what they've usually done. Now they bring in all these different elements. I mean set peace we were talking about in the beginning of the of the season how um how great the Highlanders were and when how that you know they manipulated certain things now I mean this Crusaders this, I mean how, how can they get any better can they absolutely get any better because yeah. there's nothing else they can't
0: do well I think they can get better but you know we spoke about the blues and their depth uh, today on the short ball let's talk about the Crusaders you know one thing I noticed last week uh during the game down there um against the Highlanders It was before the game, I was standing on the sideline and chatting to Ethan Blackadder, Mitch Dunshay, Tim Perry, Tim Bateman, Mike Delaney, uh, Jack Stratton, Braden Enor, Tom Sanders. uh, I could go on. Hamish Dalzell, Billy Harmon, Johnny Musulai. There's another team. There's another super rugby quality team standing on the sidelines, <laughs> unavailable for selection. Luke Romano, uh, another one. Unavailable for selection or not selected. I mean that is depth. Bloody buggers. Well, it's crazy,
2: but it hasn't uh, been it hasn't come about by ex- accident. Ex- exactly. And that's what I was just about to say. Like you a year or so ago, you wouldn't even have those names that you've just listed off. they no one would have even known, and now all of a sudden, a year in, they are huge. that's a that's a, a super rugby, another super rugby team. Well, and here's the thing, right? This season alone,
0: top qualifiers with a week to spare, they've made sixteen debutants this year. What? And ten of those have come through their academy. Man. I mean, you want to talk about a system that works. Uh, I mean, I can fix the blues problem right away. Uh, I would go down there and say, can you just give us the blueprint for what you do? Because it's insane what they're doing down there. It is insane. As a, as a rugby model, yeah. it ticks every box. And, and I'm just, I, I look at it as an objective observer, an outsider looking in, that place from top to bottom is ship shape, unbelievably ship-shaped and aligned everyone aligned from the CEO right down to the bloke yeah. carrying the bags. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is the bloke carrying the bags, Foxy is probably the most important guy on the team as far as the team's concerned because <laughs> yeah. they love him. Yeah. If yeah. you can foster those sorts of friendships and that bonhomie in a team, you're going to go pretty deep every season. Oh,
2: massive. Massive. I mean, when you, 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 you hit the nail on the head when the CEO, right. Th- and that's, I suppose, been one of the dilemmas up here is that not everyone's aligned. And, um, but when you've got something like that where you know, it doesn't matter whether you're the CEO or the guy holding the bag, you know, well, actually the, the gear man, you're, mm. everyone's as important as um, whoever's at the top. And so, man, it's,
0: that's crazy. 16. Yeah, 16, 16 de- debutants in this season and your top qualifiers. Man. Yeah, uh, look, it's a staggering a staggering statistic. We, we move on, Millsy, though, this week, and also the Highlanders taking on the Rebels. The Rebels season on the line, they could be jettisoned out of the playoff mix altogether. Yeah. Uh, if the Sharks go and beat the Juarez uh, during the weekend. So the Rebels, really, they've got one job, and that's win this game. Yeah, uh, And I cannot see them doing it. Although I've, I've got some genuine fears for the Highlanders because we've been discussing it during the week, Milsey. One, their kicking game is not as sharp as it was uh, before June. And two, we, we've talked about the fatigue syndrome, yeah. uh, and, and I think it's – you can't deny it at the moment, that team is tired, they're slipping off tackles that five weeks ago they were making.
2: Yeah, and um, yeah, that June, it seems like that June sort of break didn't really sort of freshen them up as well, but I mean, you look at the way they play, and we've sp- you've spoken about it many times, you know, the, the physicality that they bring, and you're right, there's there's no denying it, there's no denying the fact that some of these big guys have had big numbers, huge numbers in terms of uh, physicality, defence, um you know, it's starting to sort of, uh, starting to sort of show, and um, well, you know they'll have glimpses of, of brilliance, but you can see that fatigue factor starting to settle in on them. And so, well, you top you, three
0: tacklers in the comp, all Highlanders.
2: Uh, yeah, five of the top ten Highlanders. Yeah, and you're making
0: 150 of them a, a weekend. Uh, the the 42 missed tackles against the Chiefs was the absolute nadir for that defensive system, and, uh, and they improved against the Crusaders. Yeah. May I add? I don't, I don't count them out because you, you can't <laughs> count a team like that out because they're mongrels and, and you've <laughs> yes. got to love them. Yeah, And uh, they've long been everyone's second favourite team. Uh, they just need a statement game here. They yeah. need something against the Rebels to say, boys, we're on a plane tomorrow somewhere, whether that be Sydney or Johannesburg. We're on a plane somewhere. Let's throw it out here. Last game at home. Let's go into the playoffs with something resembling our normal selves. Yeah,
2: and you kind of, I mean... Um a lot of the players also say it's not just the, the games that are physical, it's also their training. So you wonder whether the coaching staff have sort of said, well, let's back off and freshen these guys up. And you're right, they need a stay-in-the-game to actually give them some confidence. I think they played well against the Crusaders. They're a different beast. But I think, you know, let's let's have another, uh, let's back that up again, against, especially against the Rebels, which I think they will will win. But to win well and win with confidence mm. before they hop on that plane will be massive for them. I can't believe the Rebels bottled
0: it last week. I know. I mean, it's... you got one job: beat the Reds. <laughs> yeah. And you bottled it, and and I could talk about a lot of teams in the same breath here. And of course, we've also got the Chiefs playing on Friday night against the Hurricanes. We're, with no Damien McKenzie now. Okay, I'm just. I know you're looking at me funny. So let me say it. <sighs> oh. You need an All Black rest week in the last round of Super Rugby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, you don't. No,
0: you don't. Is he the only one? No, you don't. <laughs> is he the only one being rested? I don't <laughs> care. It is ludicrous. Oh. They, they have they put twenty odd points on the Highlanders, right? A playoff team, and the Highlanders are only two positions back from the Hurricanes. Yeah. And home advantage is potentially on the line here. Oh. And you're going to rest your number ten. I am sorry. That is when you stand up and go, you know what? I know we had a deal. Yeah. But more importantly, my franchise wants a home quarter final. <laughs> we are not the All Blacks. <laughs> it's Super Rugby. I am sorry. No. <laughs> so the fans dip out. So your franchise and the owners of your franchise don't get to reap any benefits from potentially hosting a quarterfinal. So you run the white flag in your final regular season game when you know you're going to be playing that team again the week after. I'm sorry. <laughs> this makes zero sense. And I'm sure there's plenty of smarter people out there oh. than I who will argue the point, but no. Yeah. No, no, that no. Is, yeah, that is so... It, it is under- get on their ball mate. it undermines as if it undermines <laughs> the integrity of the competition super rugby is super rugby yes i know the all blacks are a big deal don't get me wrong i wish them all the best i know they've got extra pressures on them mm. from a playing point of view
2: but come on man and this is going to this could have huge Huge ramifications on the Chiefs. You know, a home, a home final, a
0: home quarter. I know it's a long shot. This, this could have been decided last week. By the way, they could have put themselves in a much better position bonus, than this week yeah, yeah. with a bonus point victory over the Brahms and a few more points on the board and not leaking tries late in the game. But it's there. Yeah, twenty-three points. That's what you need and a bonus. And it's a team that's, funnily enough, capable of it. Uh, they are with the return of Brady Rattelli yeah. and Damian McKenzie playing ten and your best players on the park. You're capable of it. I mean, we're not talking about a Hurricanes team that has really hit their straps again since three straight losses.
2: No. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. mate. You're an ex-chief. This must infuriate you. Well, it does. And the way you brought it up doesn't very yeah, help. Yeah, I'm fired up. I
0: want a contest. I want a game. I'm, I'm here for Super Rugby, man. That's what's on the menu right now. Oh. I'm not here for next week's menu. I'm here for this week's menu. Oh. So you're saying, oh. so walking into a restaurant and saying, "Sorry mate, we've only got the rib special next week." I know we advertised it earlier in the earlier in the month, but now it's only next week. No, I want the ribs now. I want the ribs. I want the full uh, kg of ribs. I want to be rubbing my belly <laughs> in agony in half an hour's time. Oh, you're not going to get those ribs, mate. I'm not getting the ribs. Unlucky. I want the ribs. <laughs> yeah, you ain't getting no yeah, ribs. No, we've gone from ribs, and now we're serving what? A ham steak. No, flaps. Mutton flaps. Mutton flaps. I don't want well, no mutton flaps. Now these days, not they? I don't want the mutton flaps. <laughs> mutton flaps are not good for you. Yeah, well, you well, know, well. unless you're in a boiler. Now, the Hurricanes. Let's switch tact here. Just mm. three changes they've made, throwing out a full-strength team. Uh, they got 24 points to play with. Why do they need a full-strength
2: team? <laughs> they need, they need to, to, to build on what happened last week leading into the finals. Mm. That's, that's right, Millsy. That's what they need to <laughs>
0: that's, do. That's right, Millsy. Yeah. Yeah, they need some momentum going into the quarterfinals. I want to ask you one question about the Hurricanes. West Whirlsson at, twi- at 13. Mm. Have they found their answer?
2: I think they have. Yes. I absolutely think they have. He was, like I said before, he was the young, unsung hero. I know, yes, Lomape was devastating, and that's what they need to do. I don't care whether you keep giving it to him a hundred times there's still a brick wall there. You keep giving it to the man. Give it to Ngani. Didn't we talk about this last week? Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> right. Was he listening? Was, it was, you said it, and he, you said what? You uh, did two, what, two runs, and they were both from exits. And He carried guys like 20-odd metres. I spoke to uh, Chris Boyd
0: after the game, and we were talking about Nani's performance. Four tries, just a beast. I mean, obviously ripped them to shreds. But he said, you know, last week, Ngani Laomapi was the guy most disappointed with his game against the Brumbies and that loss. He was the guy who came in the most upset oh, yeah, yeah. about how he had played. What, that's, how you, that's how you make a statement. Oh, mate. Right there. Sucks. So that battle against Charlie Ngatai, at least we've got that to look forward to, on Friday night. Charlie v Nani Ngani Laomapi, Oh, my God. Wow. Well, Wow, there are going to be
2: craters left on that field. Oh, Craters—that's a huge matchup, isn't it? Huge. Well, I actually, I mean, yes, Lomape was—he showed how explosive and how strong he was. But I, the other thing that impressed me as well was how the Hurricanes set it all up. You know, the guys running off the ball and things like that to give him that sort of weak shoulder and things. So they'll need to do that again against the Chiefs because, mm. you know, they'll be pretty smart, especially with. Um, yeah. there right? Yeah. Who's going to be who's playing in? Have they named their side? Marty McKenzie will oh, play Tinsy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Big Marty. Lost a bit of hair, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Must be tough watching your little brother take their jersey. Must be real tough. I'm lucky I'm the youngest of two brothers. Well, it's more painful for me watching my brother earn millions of dollars. But um <laughs> now here's uh, the other thing. We're going to round up the podcast today. The Huguarez. Yes. Who Let's be are, they honest. Top? Are, they
2: top? are they top at the moment?
0: No, they're not. Oh. But they could be top this weekend if they beat the Sharks and the Bulls beat the Lions. So of those two eventualities, which one do you put most stock in? The Haguadus <sighs> beating the Sharks, who are still, oh. by the way, a chance to make the playoffs and knock are. the Rebels out. Okay. So the Haguares beating the Sharks at Kings Park with the Sharks' season on the line and the Haguadus guaranteed a playoff spot already. Oh. Or the Bulls beating the Lions with the Lions looking for top spot And knowing that if I don't get it, they're going to have to be travelling. Because if the Jaguars beat the Sharks, then the Lions are going to be like 6th or 7th. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Why don't we just settle this on the second Sunday of September with a sack race? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I don't know. Come on, Milson, You've got to give me something. The Jaguars to beat the Sharks or the Bulls to beat the Lions? Or the Lions to beat the Bulls or the Sharks to beat the Jaguars? Okay,
2: well, I think the Sharks will beat... They'll they the, the Sharks will beat the Aguartes. Yeah, and I think... Oh.
0: Careful, your boy Mitch is coaching the Bulls. Yeah, man. The you balls. Gotta... I think the Bulls have got something. There's something there. No, I just, you're not.
2: I, you I, did I do. not. I do. I do. I think there's something there. You're thinking the Bulls are going to upset the Lions. Where is that game? Is that uh, Pretoria?
0: Don't ask me the hard questions. It's in South Africa. <laughs> that much or not. It's all altitude there. It yeah, that doesn't matter.
2: I mean, that's a that's massive game. No, I think the Bulls, I think they can do it. I think they should.
0: I'm just treating you with a stony face God, silence she, here. Hmm. You want to change your mind? You want to phone a friend?
2: Alice?
1: Um, the Lions mm-hmm. are going to win. Correct. Yeah. That's my prediction.
2: And sharks? Jaguars?
0: Sharks. Yeah. I'm with Alice here. <laughs> I think the sharks get in the playoffs and knock out the rebels. I think the rebels get stuffed by the Highlanders. The sharks get in the playoffs. The Brumbies don't do enough to get into the playoffs because the Waratahs will beat them. They'll secure a second spot on the table. The Lions, I think, they'll get third, and then we're all on. Oh, mate! Fourth and fifth, the Chiefs and the Crusaders. Uh, Chiefs and the Hurricanes, Hurricanes. and then the Crus- Highlanders. Well, who's the Crusaders? Scott. The Crusaders will play the Sharks. sharks. And melt them oh, I in guess. Christchurch.
2: is going to take it out anyway.
0: You think that already? Don't don't count your chickens before you hatch. You I can't I'm just thinking that out loud. Finally, on the short ball today, Melzey. Let's bring some sanity back to this. I know that everyone thinks that this is the Crusaders' title to lose. You've been you've been in title races. You've been in Super Rugby. You've played a lot of games. There is no such thing as a guarantee. <laughs> am I right or am I right? You're damn right. All right. So with that noted. Which team, apart from the Crusaders, has the most chance of going through and winning Super Rugby 2018? Oh! Given that it's likely that the home advantages will rest with... New Zealand teams? Well, certainly with the Crusaders, and then possibly with the Hurricanes, and possibly with the Lions, and then the Waratahs if the Crusaders were to get knocked out. You
2: know the Dark Horses? Mm -hmm. I reckon the Waratahs. I agree with you. Do you? Something is going on this there. there is, eh? Something
0: is brewing. Something is brewing because they were decidedly shithoused to start the year, Mate.
2: but their key players are starting to ball. Yeah. And even I looked at Foley. Does Foley put on a bit of beef? I don't know. Foley's but put on a bit of beef. running and some good cut up from that bounce, but. I think I... he's still recovering from that. Had put on him by Offa Fasi last year, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't it's been able that. to breathe properly oh, soon. I'd be still recovering from that. Oh. I would give up. Yeah, I think the the Waratahs, mate. There's something going on there, Sumo. This is a rarity on the short pool.
0: Two Kiwis giving Australians praise. And that has been it for another week. Uh, Enjoy the last round of Super Rugby. Lots to talk about. And uh, we'll be back next week when we know who the quarterfinalists will be and in what order. Gee, I can't wait for that. (laughs) My mental calculator's drained. Catch all the action this week on rugbypass.com.